Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. With your host, Todd Martin. Cool, so I'm glad I'm getting you on here. I I have um I so I'm curious to what you're what you're doing now. Yeah. Like um and what your plans are. Um so so those of you who've not been um who are not uh, haven't seen some of the stuff that because uh, some of my stuff just gets on audio mm-hmm. only and then uh didn't necessarily see the some of this stuff on youtube but um yeah i've got barrett hauser with me today and and we've done some we've done several videos together on yeah. you know learning just how to do stuff and giving you content on on your youtube channel which you've got a, a pretty cool youtube channel and and uh and what it's about and um and i'm curious to to know there's a couple of reasons. One is, um, so my, my son that seems a lot of kids nowadays mm-hmm. have this idea of, you know, like, I want to be a YouTuber. Sure. And my son was like, I want to be a YouTuber. I'm like, yeah, like whatever the heck that means. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And, and it's, uh, but I, 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 my, I, it's kind of funny as a dad, I, I sit and I'm like, you know, whatever. You're like, golly, oh, not son, what is like, so let's get yeah. a real job. Right. 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 And you know, but, um, but it is, it's, it's hard. It's as hard as it is to, you know, admit it. It's, it is new and it is a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad was like really leery of me being a horse trainer. So, right. So, you know, yeah. like, how are you going to make a living doing that? It's just, it's just a lack of knowing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and, and, you know, at first, whenever you started doing it, I was really leery. And the other is that, and you know, I didn't want the the rest of the world to start, you know, making fun of my kid and sure, because you know, there's a lot of nasty comments yeah. and stuff. So I just turn the comments off. I don't yeah. care what you have to say about yeah. it. But um, but he's he uh he he has some wholesome stuff and it's cute and it's and it's him just being a boy, sure, you know, running around. And then I have to watch that because who knows what the heck he's gonna put out there yeah. too, you know, like you know what he's gonna start spouting off some of the stuff that his dad says to him, right? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden like, no, yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, easy, man. The world ain't ready for that yet. <laughs> Not having a sixteen-year-old, you know. Um, so so it's kind of funny. So, yeah. um, but but what? So what made you like go off on? Because you and your wife both do this. Sure, you both kind of have your own little channels and and that you're doing um doing the social media thing and and mostly mostly YouTube. Um, I would say it's split between YouTube and Instagram, right? Okay, and and really it started when my wife first when we started dating. She already had a little bit of a platform on Instagram. She had just basically been just tracking her adventures and sharing her adventures with her horse. You know, she rides dressage. And so she has this great mare Leah who's now retired. And she had just really used it as a platform to like, just express what she was doing and how they were doing it and, and that sort of thing. And so when we started dating, she already had a little bit of a platform and I had just had Instagram, but used it very rarely and not, not nothing to do with business or team roping or anything like that. And so, um, that's really where it started. And, and then what I wanted to do was just share, cause I love watching YouTube. It's one of my primary sources of, of like entertainment. 
you know, I don't really watch cable TV very much. I watch a lot of YouTube and I watch a lot of streaming platforms. And that's different too. That's not something. So me growing up, we didn't have, we had three channels mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and people in town had cable TV, right. but we didn't have cable. Yeah. <clears throat> Satellite wasn't even that, a thing. You know, thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so it was um, anything out of the ordinary was like Sunday mornings on PBS. You could watch, you know, uh, you know, Texas country reporter right, or right, something right. like that. Yeah. So it really wasn't that. And then growing up with me being TV, everybody watched the same, for the mm-hmm. most part, the same thing. Right. But now it's different. Like there's so much, there's so many different avenues to be able to watch. I mean, you, you, you can have your, some of your regular TV, right. but even that is not really the regular TV. It's not the regular mm-hmm. three channels anymore. That right. was, that's that you have independent everything. Mm. I mean, Really, everything yeah. and educated, well, forms of education, like just even information education, all over right. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and so that's really where I started. I just I loved watching YouTube, and and I loved watching different people. You know, whether it was like Casey Neistat and his vlogs, or you know, if you talk about like the Western side, like Reed Flake and his family, and and their you know, them working cattle and roping and horses and all that sort of stuff. So I really was watching that and going, okay, well, there's not that many people in the team roping world that are doing vlogs or that are doing, you know, just kind of like, Hey, take me with, you know, like, let me just take you with me to a roping or something like that. And so I started going, well, that's kind of a cool little thing that we could do and we could share our life experiences. And my wife being an English writer and dressage, and then myself being in the Western kind of team roping world, like it would just kind of be a cool little creative outlet. And that was really what it started out as is just, you know, I'm in sales 99% of the time for, you know, day job. Then it's like, well, I want to, I want something to do creatively. And I always liked having a camera in my hand. I always liked taking photos. And so we do a lot of that, but then I also really got into just filming. And so we started kind of down that road and just filming what we were doing with the horses and why we were doing it. And, and what is, you know, what is, this aspect of what I'm doing translate into the team roping world or, or better horsemanship or whatever have you. So that's really kind of where it started. Um, I've noticed on yours, like there's a bunch of different, a bunch of different ways of going about Mm. doing it. And there's plenty of, you know, professionals and ones that, you know, which I'm very much not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's, I think that's the cool thing about yours, right? Is that it's not, you're, you know, you're not a, a, a professional roper that, you know, has hit the big time and sure. now you're trying to capitalize on your name at this point and do something different. Right. You're, I mean, you're, you're a, you're a regular guy. Yeah. You know, you're a regular guy that, you know, has taking his hobby and getting to share what you're doing with the hobby. Mm. And it, I see, well, and you tell me where you're at. Right. But I see you trying to make a transition from, um, from being a, you know, uh, and not like like amateur, but more, but a, like a hob- low, like low, a, low level amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a hobbyist, right? Yeah. And 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 in branching out into like, how do I, how do I, how can I do this? Mm. You know, and and bring about making this my, you know, not just a hobby, but yeah, how do I make this profession? Yeah, like how do sure. I, how can I do this as a like a living kind of deal? Yeah, and I mean, for me, I'm a very competitive guy, and so, uh, and and I'm also taking this from a guy that didn't start really riding horses until I was 25. Like I didn't. And and that's something that I share a lot of is like, I didn't even start really riding, really roping until I was 25. Right. Didn't grow up in this space at all. 
always loved it, but I always played baseball my whole life. From the time I was four to the time I was 22, that's all I did was play baseball. And so I didn't have any time for horses or anything like that. And so I'm also trying to take it from like very, very beginning to, you know, kind of weekend. Not, I wouldn't say I'm a weekend warrior, but there's a lot of weekend warriors out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody that you're right. It's just oh kind of God is there. We, a lot of, we, especially I mean, like, in team roping. Ooh. I yeah. mean, just looking at the memberships for the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, all the different associations, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, insane. Yeah. And then trying to transition that into, yeah, more of a profession. How do I do this for a living? I mean, I love it so much and it's all I think about. So like, why wouldn't I want to do this for a, for a living to some degree? Now, I, I don't think I'll ever go, you know, rodeo. I'm not going to go hit the rodeo road, but um, I'd like to do it. Yeah. More as a profession long-term. Man, you know, I think that's something that, um that young people don't as you know that are that see you know either the pro doing it and go like well they did it from there when they were you know mm-hmm. born mm-hmm. they were born with rope in their hand which you know there's a lot, a of, lot of that are like that yeah, yeah i mean you yeah. almost kind of have to um at some point but uh but there's also ones that come in from the backside and and that it's it it doesn't have to be that mm. way like it's not something that you that you can't do it another way, sure. that it's, it can't be written another way. And I, I look at it like, I know you played baseball and, and you played in college too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What college did you play? At? I played for Shriner university, which is a D three, just kind of a little bit North of San Antonio. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so that's what I, I think about it is, you know, cause that I am that mm. deal. Right? right. I did not, I took my first, <coughs> I took my first riding lesson when I was 21. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. I didn't, I was lucky that I could stay on one, right. you know, at 21 and learned that there was a lead. Right. I'm like, and so, and then I become a professional training sure. trainer. Right. Right. So, uh, and it wasn't until I was like 28, 29 before I really hung my shingle out, went mm. to work doing it. So there was an, there was a, like a seven, eight year learning curve where right. I had to figure out how to do it. And then there was a kick in the hand, pants on, you know, getting into that. Right. And, and that was a big leap. I mean, that was a, a really big leap. Yeah. Um, and what made the difference was a wife that, you know, said, yeah, you can. Right? Sure. And just, just kind of stood behind me right. and, and believed in me. Yeah. But, um, but it could be done. And I, and I know that, that like, I know when my son started playing soccer and he's, he's a pretty good athlete, mm-hmm. a younger one, he's, you know, soccer is pretty natural to him and he plays like everything. But um, we were out at the soccer field once and, and there was a guy that, that goes, Hey man, you you know, your kid's really good. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he's like, I think he's, you know, pretty natural. And he says, no, I mean, like your son's really good. And I was like, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he's pretty good. Right. And he goes, no, you don't understand. Like I played on the U S national team. Your son's very good. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cool. That, and, yeah. and, and the next thing was, you know, you need to put him in to select and go do this and mm-hmm. do that. And I'm like, you know, the kid definitely has talent, but he doesn't have a love. Mm-hmm. Like he's not taking it upon himself to go sit out there and kick the ball in the afternoons and trying to figure out how mm-hmm. to put a, you know, bend it and how to, how to do all these, yeah. other, learn how to juggle. And I mean, he's not where, you know, he won't do it unless somebody stands there and tells him to right. do it. And he could be great. And he could be unbelievable. I have no doubt about it. Sure. But he doesn't have that. Right. Right. He doesn't have that part. So I go, you know, melt him down right now. Right. And who the heck's really looking at him, scouting him as a junior high kid? Like, no, we're not doing that, you know? Nobody. And 
And and if he's got it, he's got it. If I can, if he wants to do that, he can do it. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about it. But it's not because I'm going to shove it down his throat. Right. Um, and he can he still has the opportunity, man. If he has the talent, whatever he want, if he wants to, the drive, if the drive comes there because he has the want, it's going to be a different deal. Sure. So I see I see that like in where you're at mm. with you know now this this year kind of you know you're kind of absorbed with it, <laughs> and, right? And it's what you know you're doing in all of your extra time. But uh, but you're sharing that. Right. And I think what you have is the same thing that a lot of people have is the want to. But, the you know, it's got to be done a certain way sure. or my time to pass and I can't right. or, you know, all those things that that somebody tells somebody, um, you know, when they go out there the first time to go and try and rope or the first mm-hmm. time to go mm-hmm. ride a horse. And it's like, holy smackers. Then when they go to lope, it's like, ooh, it's big. It's mm-hmm. different. It's like, yep. you know, and there's a curve. There's a learning curve yeah. to being able to ride. Right. Yep. Um, so I, and I remember like I, I remember hearing it and knowing that I couldn't ride one very good at all and being told like, yeah, you just, you know, you right. don't have it. And for me, that kind of drove me even more like, oh yeah, let me show you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so it, did you find that you had some benefit from knowing that the long hours and the extra work from baseball that kind of translates into what you're kind of pursuing on this, that you're. Yeah. I mean, I think the really, the only thing that really translated was just a work ethic, Mm -hmm. right? Like I was that kid, you know, that would go out and I wanted to play pro baseball. And so like I was out there every night hitting off the tee. I was out there every night throwing to a, throwing to a net. I was out there every single night doing it and it didn't end up working out the way that I wanted to. But what happened was that work ethic kind of translated over to what I'm doing now. Yeah. I've always been a very um, ambitious person, always been a very competitive person. And so when I looked at, all right, I'm done playing baseball. I tore my elbow twice, you know, including my senior year. I was like, I'm done doing this. I'm not even going to try to go play like, you know, lower level pro. Um, I was like, I got to do something. I'm I'm not just going to sit around and do nothing. And so um, it's funny. I kind of got into team roping specifically from a buddy of mine that I played college baseball with. And um, I'm forever grateful for them to kind of introduce me into that. Yeah. But then, yeah, that competitiveness and that, that drive is the same thing that I take into the YouTube channel. It's the same thing that I take into what I'm doing now as far as team roping. And so, um, I mean, I rope the dummy almost every day. Doesn't really matter what day it is. Yeah. I'm out there doing it because I love to do it. And so, yeah, I think that aspect, you know, definitely has translated over. And, and, and I was not even I, like, I didn't jump on a horse and was like any good. Right. Mm-hmm. The first, first while. I mean, nobody really is. Yeah, I don't think anybody it, really does no, that naturally. They, they don't, but it was a lot of time trying to figure it out. And that's really where the YouTube channels come into play. Cause I got on YouTube, just like anything. If you go try to fix your truck right now, mm-hmm. you can't figure out that you start <laughs> Jumping on YouTube. This barn is built off of YouTube. Like a, I'm telling tutorials you, on how I'm to telling build you. everything. And so that's yeah. really where my my me watching YouTube really kind of came into play because I was like, all right, I gotta get better at this thing. And I can take some lessons, which I took some lessons kind of around town and took some team roping lessons and that sort of thing. But I was like, what else can I do in the meantime when I'm not sitting on a horse or when I'm not roping the dummy or when I'm not getting a lesson? Like, what else can I do? And that's where the team roping channels or just videos kind of came into play so that's really what drove the rest of what i'm doing now is like if i needed youtube to help and to give me some advice or or even just watch like reed flake just watch him wrap cattle 
you know, that they were going to rope or saddle horses or whatever. Like I'm so entrenched in it always that I was like, why, yeah. why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Why, and why wouldn't you want to learn how to do right. all, all that stuff too? Yeah. Right. And, and I've always loved like the Western way of life, the cowboy lifestyle. Like I've always loved that. And so I'm just kind of anything that has to do with it. I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Well, do you find that there's like, uh, the what and something that i've noticed about your deal and most um a lot of people in the western industry mm-hmm. um and i don't i don't know if anybody like everybody really picks up on it but i i have noticed that i pick it up right is that there is almost majority of your people in the western lifestyle and cowboys and whatnot mm-hmm have an art side yeah. to a lot of to a lot of what they do whether it's like leather tooling mm-hmm. or it's um or it's silversmithing or you know you're building spurs or you're making bits or you're or you're painting mm-hmm. or you're into music or in you and you're doing that and i see that in like your video work mm-hmm. right and you're you know you're kind of you know that's kind of your your outlet yeah right and yeah. and i see that balance in it because i think it is such like training a horse and, and writing it's a lot easier to understand if you listen to it from an art mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. and thinking about it as an art rather than just a mechanical you know because there's a you're you're really well i guess the hardest thing about team roping is that you have you know yourself that's a living breathing thing that has it works on emotions mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you're writing something that's a living breathing thing that's got emotions and that reacts to your emotion, yeah. emotions and then you're trying to rope a living breathing mm-hmm. thing and There's then you five got five living breathing it, things and in that, one and run exactly yeah. and another buddy who's you know either the kind that supports you or blames you and right. you got the horse his horse that he's mm-hmm. going to either take the blame or the yeah. support yeah, 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 yeah. and so you, it, you know everybody's got to be on their game mm-hmm. and so there's so many huge variables in the team roping Mm. even more so than calf roping right right that you know you're it's one of the few events that's a team event right right right? and and uh and and brings a different level of difficulty to it right um and 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 i see that i just i think that's really kind of cool that it really if you look at it as being a little bit more of an art Mm -hmm. right um you'll have a better understanding of it yeah right yeah and i always say that team roping is an art you know i mean it is and and if you look at it that way and you're like, I'm always trying to perfect that art, you know, and I, I shouldn't say perfect because I don't really like perfection. Like mm. perfection doesn't, it's not attainable. So I always try to say like, if it's an art that you're trying to get better at each and every day. Yeah. And so I do. And I, and I like art. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of art, especially Western art. I, I like to collect it. I like to look at it. I like to, you know, watch, look at people on Instagram and how they do it. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I've tried to, I've tried to do that in my videos as well because number one it's aesthetically pleasing to me to film and yeah. to edit you know but i also think it's kind of cool for people to watch too but then there's also a side of me that's like let's make it as raw and real and if i drop the camera if i fall off or if i miss something like it doesn't matter just throw it all in there yeah. you know and kind of kind of show everybody all sides of it i guess well and i think that's i i mean i like to do that with this mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. a little bit of my outlet right but um in it you know, I'm I'm not going to impress anybody with my you know audio ability, sure, sure. <laughs> much less yeah. video making or like that. My whole deal has always been content, yeah, right. And I think that's you know like that trumps everything, sure, right. If it, it's if it's good content, if it's you know something that you know can reach somebody and yeah. they can get something out of it. And I notice that in like yours, 
I think that's the reason why yours does so well, mm-hmm. right? Is because it's not from the aspect of I know everything. Yeah. Right. Or I've been there. It's the, other, it's yeah. the opposite. It's like I know very little. I'm trying to I'm trying to work on it. Yeah. Well, and it and that's um I think that is so welcoming mm. to the Western industry. Um, and I particularly for a guy like me, mm-hmm. right? Because I was um I remember the first time that I, I started riding and I rode with a couple of guys. Um it's it's kind of funny. It was all that was before I even started, took my first lesson. I was probably like 19, maybe 20, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, over at, at Tejas, there's the guy that um, does the pickup guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad McDougal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Brad is, uh, I've known Brad since we were probably 16. Really? Yeah. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. McDougal, he was, he was my sister's first date. <laughs> Really? Oh my God. Yeah. So, he, so you can go way back. Yeah. Way back. Yeah. And he took my memory. He took my sister out. He showed up at the house and my dad was cleaning the shotgun in the front. No, no. Oh, that was gosh. like that perfect little classic. Yeah, yeah, classic. classic. Yeah. So old Brad, me and go me and Brad go way back. And him and I can't remember who the other guy was. We went to go rope over at uh they went to go rope. I tagged along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we went over to um over in Euland. And there's an old guy named oh, yeah. Ernest over there, mm-hmm. and uh, and we went to go rope out of his place, and and they were like, "Go ahead, go ahead, hop on, try." And I got on, like I, had, I, you know, I was lucky to stay on, stay going on, straight, yeah. right, yeah. much less you know anything else. And I even attempted to like swing the rope, and that thing ducked off to the side, and I think I was like, you know, hanging on the side like yeah. a monkey, yep. and yep. it was horrible, right? Yeah. Um, that was my first deal into That's it, and awesome. luckily it was you know with a couple of buddies. Yeah, and we all laughed about it and stuff, but yeah. it was like, man, I am not stepping out foot in front of anybody else doing mm-hmm. that. Anytime. And it can be something that's pretty intimidating, sure, right? And it's it in and can feel non welcoming. And, and that's one of, and that's, I mean, even the last couple of reels that I've put out, even as the last couple of days, it's like I try to tell people all the time, like, don't worry. It is such an intimidating thing, and it took me, I think it probably took me three years before I went from. The first time I ever stepped on a horse and and wanted to rope to actually buying a horse and being like, all right, this is what I'm going to do because it is intimidating. You feel like you have to have all the money in the world. There's so much equipment that goes into it. Then you even get into the ropes and you're like, hey, there's there's a hundred ropes out here to choose from. Like, how do I even do that? And so what I try to do, and I've had so many people that have messaged me and been like, Hey man, I started roping or I started swinging a rope or I, st- I bought my first horse because I watched your channel and like what you're doing. And so I go like, all right, well, how do I get more people like that? Yeah. How do I get more people into it? Because it's better for the industry. It's better for the sport, all that sort of stuff. But that's been my biggest thing is like, quit, quit worrying about the rope. Like I literally just put out a reel today that was like, don't worry about the rope. Just pick up any rope. Like you don't have to have all the answers. Like, you can figure it out as you go. And yeah. like there are people out here like me or, or clinicians or pros that will help you get to where you need to go. But like, just start, just commit to starting, just commit to, Hey, in the next six months, I'm going to buy a horse. So like kind of get your affairs in order. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to have all the answers. Like I certainly don't even, I don't now. I mean, and I, 
that's one reason why I come to you and talk to you about horse mm -hmm. stuff. And I talk to other pros about horse stuff. It's like, you don't have to know it all. No, I, I think the sooner you realize that you don't, and mm -hmm. then, you know, that's when the learning starts. And, 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 and you don't have to be young to do it no. either. I, I mean, I, there's a guy that I know he was 55 when he started roping. Guess what? He's 65 now and he ropes really dang good, yeah. you know? And so you don't have to be young to do it. You don't have to be, you know, the guy that jumps on when they were four years old, you know, in a saddle and start roping, you know, or whatever. Like, I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that they started walking and then they got into a saddle. Right. And, and that's cool. And that's great for them, but there's so many more people that are in the sport that have my background or your background of doing it a little bit later on in life yeah. than, you know, the pros or the, the normal. I think that that is the, I think the most brilliant thing that had happened in roping was the usta mm -hmm. was that what it is ustrc trc mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um and then the world series yeah right because there's it's one thing to to you know go and do it mm -hmm. but then to have a category for everybody yeah it's so important yep. i mean it, and that is part of the welcoming deal mm -hmm. right of course you know all the you know the nears comes the number fours mm -hmm. and oh it's gonna be terrible and everybody <laughs> you know and it's a wreck and yeah. it's a whatever yeah. yeah it's no different in than than in like martial arts where you have all your different ranks mm -hmm. and so everybody's mm -hmm. competing and, you know and you got these guys that are just like you know going insane and they're all white belts yeah. and they're all you know and it, and it that opened it up, and I think that opened it up for like barrel racing too by mm -hmm. having the one, two, three, and four D. Yep. Because it made everybody it gave a place for everybody to be able to compete, right. and it gave you a ladder, right, to crawl up, yep. right. Where yep. especially in some so many like individual parts of the sport, yeah. right, and when in not just team roping, mm -hmm. but you know barrels and raining and everything, everything else, and and I think that's something that people don't realize in the raining, is that in the raining horses there's categories for everybody mm -hmm. i mean there's there's literally it's called green as grass class and like you're green right like so guess yep. what you're yep. in the greenest grass class. Yep. you can use two hands you can we will we will take away the lead change you know yeah we'll yeah. give you a class that you know that you can start in and you start to find some success mm -hmm. in it besides just you know feeling like you're gonna fall you know on your face every time too yeah because i mean it it, it takes enough courage to even enter one much less oh. trying to enter one that you're like oh i'm just gonna get my teeth kicked in mm -hmm. you know and so and and the, the local jackpots do it as well, not even a USTRC or a, or a World Series roping. They'll even, I mean, the very first roping that I ever entered was like, it was called like the beginner's roping. And it was like, hey, you don't have to have a number classification. You just can't have won anything or like just started. I mean, and so, yeah, it, and it was actually great because I think I ended up coming in second. I think I only caught two, no, I caught I caught three and my healer missed one. So we only had two runs and we ended up winning second in this deal. So it's kind of was like a, Oh, this is kind of nice. You yeah. know, like I, I came in, won a buckle, like it was kind of a confidence boost. Yeah. And then you go into your sevens. A lot of people have sevens and then you go into your eight, you know, and then you kind of get comfortable in the eight and then you go to the nine because had I started and they were like, Hey, here's a number 13. You're like, geez, almighty. <laughs> These guys are, you know, dropping coils and I'm barely trying to catch. So it, that is, for sure. Like the classifications is the best thing they could have done. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. And, and understanding, I think something too, that, um, because we, we, you can watch and we get so enamored with watching the open pros, the guys that mm -hmm. are, you know, like at the top of the level mm -hmm. and whatever. And that's, of course, it's where we all want to be. Sure. Right. And some, that's, that's the draw. Yeah. That's what gets us all hot and bothered yep. about doing it. Right. Yep. 
but understanding that um yeah you don't need that horse mm -hmm. <laughs> because that one you're gonna that it's gonna be it's bad. not gonna it's work for you not gonna work it's not gonna work no mm -hmm. it's not it's gonna be terrible yeah and that's not what you need but it's finding the value in some of these other horses mm -hmm. where you know you don't need that horse. You need this one, yeah. right? And eventually you, but, you know, there's a stepping stone to all this whole thing. Yeah, and the best advice that I ever got was from those, from my friends that got me into roping. They said, do not go buy a green horse. Do Oof. not. They're like, whatever you do, don't go buy a green horse. Like, go buy something that has been down the road, that has seen everything, that will take care of you. And that was the best advice that I ever could got. And that's the advice that I tell everybody now is like, if you're starting in this, don't go buy a horse that you're trying to learn how to rope and they're trying to learn how to rope. Like you go buy a horse that is just going to take care of you and let you, number one, figure out how to ride a horse. Because most people that are getting into roping mm -hmm. haven't even been into riding horses at all. Or even if they know how to ride a horse, they don't know how to rope off of a horse or they don't know how to get themselves positioned correctly. Because the way that you ride a reining horse is different than the way that I would ride team roping horse. Like it's just a different, different deal. Yeah. And so that's the, I mean, that's the best advice I can give somebody. It's like, number one, just start. And number two, when you go buy a horse, like, go make sure that it is the brokest thing on the planet. And if you even have to pay a little bit more to get that, it's well worth it. Well, and I think that's, you know, people have not put a value on that, yeah. right? Yeah. And realizing that those beginner horses are worth a lot more than what, you know, that, that really, that number, that number four, a good number four horse mm. you no know, is like invaluable yeah i mean there was so much stuff like because i bought my first horse the gray horse that's now retired smoke which his, his name was just old gray when i bought him um and i was like okay i can't call him old gray so anyhow i gotta pretend like i gotta like, he's gotta have some sort of name and i don't know why i named him smoke just because he's gray i guess i don't know but because I was so new to horsemen, like horse ownership, even right. I mean, I never had even taken care of a horse. So, YouTubing, how to like, what's the best, or or looking at articles online, like what's the best feed for horses? Like, how do I feed? What's the proper way to deworm? Like all this stuff. Like I learned all this stuff on that horse. There's a lot. It's so much, and there's so many things. When I look back over, you know, call it the first couple years of owning that horse. Had I had a different horse or a, or a green horse, I'd have died. I mean, yeah. I, I'd have died or been seriously hurt or something just because you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And having a horse that like I went and roped one one time and my saddle literally fell over like on the side just because it I had a mohair cinch. I hadn't cinched it up enough. Like we were running 9-0. I fell off and the horse just stood there like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? So had I had a horse, a different horse, it had been a completely different issue. Been a wreck. Right. It had been a wreck or. <laughs> You know, just doing stuff around horses that you don't really know mm -hmm. could get you hurt. And that horse to teach you, like, hey, that's not smart. I'm not going to do anything about it, but that's not smart for you to be there. Or it's not smart for you to do that, that sort of thing. Um, it, I mean, I'd have paid 10 times what I paid for him, mm -hmm. just knowing what I know now. Yeah. So totally. that's why I always said, like, that horse will always be with me forever because he didn't kill me when he probably should have. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, I've had, uh, People have come out and, you know, looked mm -hmm. at horses for, you know, for their kids and stuff. And I had one lady one time that um, she came out to look at one. She was looking at one and she was telling me about the horse that they had for the daughter. And it didn't look like she'd, you know, been dumped off a couple mm -hmm. of times pretty bad and stuff. And the last one was a pretty bad 
dump and their horse you know it was a just it was a terrible i don't know why they had that kid riding the, mm-hmm. she was, she loved horses she was horse crazy right but um <clears throat> you know essentially taking her life into her own yeah. hands at some yeah, yeah. point and uh and 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 i shown her i showed her a pretty nice horse and and uh in in looking at it and stuff she you know she didn't ride but you know her daughter was and she's been around it enough and she's like, I just, you know, I don't know. I just don't see the value of, you know, what you say it's, you know, priced mm-hmm. at that. Uh, it wasn't that expensive, but it was like 7,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she's like, oh, I just, you know, I don't see the, see where it's $7,500. You know, I don't know everything, but I, and I said, well, you know, how much is an ambulance ride? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, how much, and I'm not being sure. ugly about it, you know, but what is that what is that worth to you right. that it's gonna you know like you know your daughter's already come off twice mm-hmm. and not in a you know oops fashion but right. uh, you know like it wasn't anything she was doing anything wrong it right. was just a you know it wasn't a horse that was conscious of the person mm-hmm. and it was going to take care of a kid yeah. right and you know uh, what did that cost her you mm-hmm. know the what did it cost you as far as like you know the the chances of getting hurt and like mm-hmm. every time you do this your chances are getting worse yeah Right. And then not only that, but, you know, what's your child learning? You know, are they learning yeah. how to do it right? Are they learning how to perseverance and, you know, <laughs> in the, yeah. Or is it, the, you know, self-confidence too? Yeah, I mean, are, are exactly. you, are you bumping that self-confidence down enough to where at some point they go like, why do I don't even want to do this? You know, I'm just going to get hurt. Well, yeah. that's not the right thing either. No, no. I mean, you've, you've hit a brick wall enough mm-hmm. and, and, you know, especially if your, your parents aren't educated enough on the, the horse yeah. deal to yeah. know what a good one is. You really got to get hooked up with somebody, yeah. you know, that's going to at least point you in the right direction. And I always tell them like, look, go to a pro, yeah. you know, because people ask me all the time, like, what should I pay for a horse? And I'm like, look, I'm not in your situation. I don't know the horse that you're looking at. I've never ridden the horse. I've never sat on him. Like, I have no idea. So like you need to go and find you somebody that is educated enough, you know, that you feel really confident in to let you know. It's as, it's as important as a coach for your kid's soccer team. Yeah. You know, I mean, if your, your co- kid's soccer team coach is, you know, running your kids into mm-hmm. the ground mm-hmm. and, you know, telling them that they're terrible at what they're doing and, yeah. you know, scoffing at them and telling, you know, I don't know that that's that beneficial. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, I mean, it's not going to, you know, inspire your kid to do more. Yeah. And it's not really teaching them how to be, you know, uh, you know, how many are going to make the pros? And you look at it like the bulk of them, how many mm-hmm. are going to make the pros? What are you doing this for? Right. Right. Well, I mean, there's some really good life learning, you know, mm. exam, you know, things that you can get out of doing yeah. sports, period. Yeah. Right. But they're not really good life le- lessons if they don't, yeah. if it doesn't match. Yeah. I and thought, I was I haven't always been that guy either. Right. Right. I mean, I've 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 been the guy that you probably shouldn't take your kid to mm. at times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a learning process for you as well. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think that's what baseball taught me is like, I mean, baseball is a game of losing. And I had a coach very early on tell me, like, it's a game of losing. You're going to lose way more. I mean, think about it. The best baseball players in the league right now, they're batting 300 or 400. So four times out of 10, they're doing well. Those other six times they're losing, Yeah, you know? And so I had a coach very early on tell me that. And so that's why I don't, like, if I miss or if a partner misses, doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't. Yeah. You know, I've never had a partner get mad at me or I've never been mad at a partner or anything. It's like, this game is challenging, you know? Yeah. Baseball is challenging. And so if you learn to lose and you learn to get over it, I mean, it's it's all about life lessons. So, yeah, you're right. Like, 
kids should play all the sports and learn all of the things, not just how to win a game, right? How to work with a team, how to, you know, overcome adversity, how to, you know, yeah. how to, how to, you know, get better at something. And there's some older people that need to learn that too. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of it. I mean, mm -hmm. this, that's the beauty of doing this, right? Yeah. Is that it's, you know, you are going to lose more than you, that you would, than you win. For sure. The crazy thing is, you know, you can have so many, you know, you go to, to a baseball game, one team will win. Mm -hmm. The other one will not. Yeah. Right. So you at least. It's not like soccer. Fit. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> it's not like a horse show when how many teams do you have yeah. at the team rope? Yeah. Out of how many teams you got 300 teams mm -hmm. for the day. Huh. Well, and a lot of team ropes you go to, if they have 300 teams by the first round end, it's 150. Yeah, I mean, it's almost it, not, it doesn't equate exactly, but it's usually half. Like you just yeah. take down and it's half. And I mean, so it, your odds are not, not great. No, they're not no, great. They're not great. And, and people always ask like, like what roping did you go to? Like, how long did it take you to win your first roping? I was like, it took me forever. Yeah. I, I mean, it did. It took me like, it took me like six years before I actually won a roping. You know, I mean, I want some buckles and some some stuff like that, but to actually flat out win one, it took me like six years. Mm -hmm. It's and, crazy, right? And and you just have to kind of be okay with it and try to learn from. All right, why did why did this one not go the way that I wanted to? Like, okay, I might have caught everything, but did I handle a steer correctly? That gave my partner the best chance. You know, because mm -hmm. it is a team game. Did was my partner not putting in the effort to do it? You know, and a lot of these jackpots you go to, you get teamed up with anybody and so you're like i know that guy probably roped a couple times this week or at least roped the dummy and it's like the other two partners that i have may have just stepped on their horse for the first time this month you know so that sort of yeah. thing so you just kind of have to learn that and understand that going into it but just knowing that like hey i just got to do my job and if it all works out it all works out yeah and yeah. that's a hard thing to learn i it mean it, especially when you're putting up good money you know i mean i won't go to a big roping now without knowing that like my partners have done their homework or, or been on it or you know because i mean the world series i mean you're paying 150 dollars a run essentially right mm -hmm. so you got to know and you're and you're open for some good money and you're also roping for a qualification to vegas all that sort of stuff so um th those ropings i have to know that you're that you're doing your part or you're at least trying yeah or, and you're not sitting out in the parking lot getting drunk that sort of thing which <laughs> happens quite a bit um <laughs> it happens it quite happens. a bit but <laughs> at the jackpots i look at it completely differently the jackpots i'm like i don't care what my partner does i don't care how far we go i don't care if we win this jackpot i just need to make sure that i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing that my horse is working well and that i'm catching like as, as long as that's going on i don't care what happens and that's got to be a difficult part about that too because not everybody takes it whenever you're getting when you're just kind of like getting thrown in and you get what you get mm -hmm. as far as who you draw up as your partner and stuff, yeah. it it's really kind of tough whenever, you know, you're trying to do something about it and the other one's just here to, yeah. you know, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and don't take it as serious as, as what you're wanting to yeah. want to take it as. Yeah. And I take it, I mean, I, I take it all very seriously cause I really like it. And like you said at the beginning, like mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like to do this as a living, you know, I'd like to train horses as a living. I'd like to, rope for a living i'd like to create content for a living and and get more people into the sport and i'd like to i'd like to go to all the big ropings you know i'd like to go to vegas and u.s finals and the bfi and all that like i'd like to do that so i'm taking it seriously but you also have to know that like some people don't and it's yeah. okay but as long as you're progressing as long as you're doing good and your horses are working good it's okay well and i think it's it's important for 
young people or people that are wanting to kind of, you know, get into something like this and, and like, how do you, like, how do you make a career out of, out of mm. doing something like this? Cause it's, it, it's, it seems, you know, completely outside the realm. Mm. And I think it's important for people to see it for what it really is mm -hmm. because, <clears throat> you know, you've got enough content on your, on your deal. And, um, and I've been doing this long enough that um somebody and i get it a lot people will come out and they're like oh you know and then they hear that you know i took my first ride and listened to 21 they're like i had i mean i thought for sure you'd start you grew up on a horse and yeah. a horse ranch yeah. and whatever else like no I, my dad was a computer repairman and my mom was a bookkeeper you right know, like we didn't we had some horses but we didn't know nothing right right and yeah. and so it wasn't i felt just as awkward getting started into it i was just bullheaded mm. you know i was just like somebody told me i couldn't and i was yeah. like you know? and, yeah but which helped me right it, but at the same time <laughs> i think there was times where it you know it made things a little bit more difficult sure but it's important for me knowing that i didn't grow up in this and mm -hmm. you just for those people to see that it's no it's not like that necessarily yeah. this is this is a this is an environment in a in a lifestyle that is not you know you have to be a rancher to do right. this it's a lifestyle that is you know it kind of encompasses you know a little bit of more of like who you are and sure. and and it has a lot more to do with a better understanding of of uh i don't know better understanding of nature and how sure. things you know work and and uh you know and i mean and it has the 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 um as all the aspects of sport Sure. Right. But it also has the aspects of, you know, ranch life, which is essentially, you know, food production. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. And there's a there's a big part to food, food production and then reality to that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and then a fun to it, too. Sure. I mean, it's, it becomes a, a family environment and everything else. Yeah. And it really is, you know, a lifestyle. Yeah. But it's a welcoming one, I guess, right. is what I right. want to. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like I've met so many great people just in this world you know and and this lifestyle and i always say it's it's a lifestyle and it's also like a lifelong pursuit mm -hmm. right horsemanship is something that you can literally start at any age and until the day you die you can try to learn and from it and and try to work on it and try to and watch it and and enjoy it right like even if you're 95 years old and crippled and can't get on a horse anymore you can still go to a roping you can still go yeah. and watch a clinic you can go still watch it on youtube like it's something you can always enjoy for sure and um and the best way to do it is just to get into it. And that's what I tell people all the time. And like, you have to be able to put yourself out there and you have to ask questions and you have to, to not be afraid to be shot down. You, I mean, if you want to go be a reining horse trainer, just Google, Google reining horse trainers in your area and call them all up. What mm. can I do to get into this? Can I come pick stalls? Can I come watch a lesson? Can I come watch you do this? Like, and just put yourself out there. So many people, they're like, well, how did, how did you even, I'm like, I don't know. I just asked, like, I just asked if I could, like, when I reached out to you the very first time, I was like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm interested in writing better. Yeah. Can I just come learn? And you were like, sure. And more people will do that than tell you no. Oh, it's so. If it, you do it the right way. Like if, if you, if you approach it the right way and like, look, this is what I want to do. I just want to be a better horseman or horsewoman, whatever. Just help me, you know, or, or can I do something in exchange for the knowledge? Yeah. Right. There's a lot of barns that are that are very open to yeah. you know, I I know I started out and that's all I could afford. I couldn't afford I could afford one lesson a month, which yeah. wasn't going to get me anywhere. Yeah. 
And I ended up washing manes and tails, mm-hmm. you know, for every two or three horses that I washed manes and tails on, I got to ride one. Yeah. And so I was like out there all the time washing yeah. manes and tails, yeah. which then that I start, I, and it's a great place to start because you learn, even if you don't get paid or you don't get mm-hmm. trading, you know, washing manes and tails and, and grooming and doing that kind of stuff on somebody else's horses that will let you, mm-hmm. you know, it you're learning your horsemanship. I mean, there's yeah. a lot to care and maintenance and, and you know, um, you know, knowing what the legs look like, yeah. right? When you go out there to put, if, even if you're just putting boots on the horse, mm-hmm. you know, being able to look at a lot of different legs, you don't know if one looks, you know, like it's, like it's holding fluid or if yep. it's, if it's swollen or, you know, cause there's not a, it's not, it's not as like standout yeah. on some of them, yeah. but you have to look at a lot of legs to know what a good leg and a proper leg looks sure. like. Right. Sure. Um, it's becomes a trained eye on yep. a lot of that. And, and, um, and it's not just amateurs. Like I know that there are plenty of pro ropers that will go and like tack shoes on for other pro ropers just yeah. to be like, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so it it's not, it's not just an amateur thing. Like there are a lot of pros that will do other things for other pros to get the knowledge. Yeah. Who was it that I was, I heard about that the other day. One that comes to mind is I think Charlie Crawford said it on a podcast. Charlie was like, I used to shoe horses for Trevor just so that I could go and ask Trevor questions or like show him a run, you know, and get some advice from him. He's a good teacher too. Yeah. He's got a really good way of being able to teach. And yeah. And and there's, there's ones that are really, I think that's something else that's important for people to understand too, is that there are, and it's in the same in the raining mm-hmm. and any other discipline too, yeah. that there's some, there's some of us that are like really unbelievable showmen yeah, that are just horsemen through and through, mm-hmm. but they couldn't tell, they couldn't explain to you how to saddle a horse. Right. I mean, they just can't do yeah, it. They're yeah. not teachers. Yeah. Right. They're not, they're not teachers. They're not, they, they just don't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's something different about the competitor sometimes that doesn't translate to being a really good teacher. Yeah. There's at a place where they can't relate to where you're at. Right. And it's not because they don't want to relate where you're mm-hmm. at. It's just too far removed from, there's so yeah. many things that are, that they have so much repetition of what they're doing, that it's so automatic yeah. that they just, they, they can't take the time to think about that because yeah. they'll slow them down on what they're doing. Yeah. Too, yes. Right? If you ask some pros, like, how do you feed a loop? They're like, I just feed it. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Can, watch I don't know me. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch me. You're like. Yeah. I don't know. You're moving so fast. I can't watch you. You know. I have no idea. So I think that's true. And yeah, there's. It's. It's hard for some of them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, it's important to understand that a lot of what you are going to um, see in the beginning of a run at the beginning. Um, there's a lot you're going to miss just mm-hmm. because you don't have a trained eye. Right. Right. And, yeah. and it's kind of like the same for <laughs> when I'm watching the, when I'm watching your, your videos, mm-hmm. right. I can sit through and watch one of my videos and it was something I put together and like, I don't know what mine's missing, but it ain't doing, it ain't looking like yours. Mm. Right. It's just like, and I can't figure out what it is that I'm missing on it, mm-hmm. but I, I just, you know, I can see that it's not right. Yeah. Right. But I can't figure out what it is that I'm missing. And it's something that's so blaring to, to you that you're right. like, oh, well, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. stop yeah. that. Yeah. You know, don't look into the sun. You right. Know? right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. something like that. You're you know, like, oh, it's just simple of, you know, shadow. Like everybody right. knows that. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody but the horse trainer. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some things that I may pick up. Yeah, you're right. I may pick it up 
just being like, oh, it needs to, I just, you just need to do this differently next time, that sort of thing. And you met, it may have taken you a month to mm. figure that out. Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, but that's the same thing that all these pros, you're like, hey, why do I keep, why do I keep splitting the horn on this deal? And they're like, yeah. oh, it's because when you come through, you're not whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. And they can pick it up instantly. And you can't see that in the mm. hand of delivery yeah. or yeah. any of that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And that's partially the reason I started videoing my runs. Like, I'm the dork that goes to a jackpot and has a GoPro on my head. Number one, because it creates content. Number two, I can watch that video back. And if I miss something, or even if I catch, I'm like, well, why did I catch it like that? Why did I do this like that? Mm. And so people ask, you know, they're like, why do you have a GoPro on your head? I'm like, well, I don't get into it too much, you know, because you don't really want to get into it too much at a roping. But I'm like, it helps me to get better because I can go back and watch that run over and over and over again. And that's what you see a lot of these pros doing a lot of these, streaming platforms mm -hmm. you know online now is like if you just watch yourself do it it may help you a lot more than me just telling you how to do it heck yeah it's the same thing with me on the raining run mm -hmm. like i gotta watch my runs and like god gum it i wasn't paying attention to that and i go watch them in between runs like my wife will vi so i i have a camera on my head one so i can kind of see my my point of view but then my wife also records my runs mm. and so i can go back in between and go like ah I didn't hold this corner the way that I should have, right? I yep. kind of went, I, I kind of skipped a step. And so on the next one, I can go in there and do it right, right? And so you go like, oh, yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like, or that's what it's supposed to feel like. And then you kind of put the, the feel and the sight and what you saw to the video, and it all kind of ties it together. So I think having video and having these streaming platforms that, that do coaching and you can see you can see how pros run, I mean, that has really change the game for a lot of people yeah you know including myself yeah that's cool i th um so what's your what's your plans what do you you know like what's your end goal or game plan on um on the on the on your on your uh, youtube channel yeah i mean i think i mean for for other people it's to get more people into the sport and 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 show that it can be done without having to you know be walking and jump into a saddle sort of thing like more people can get into this and enjoy this sport even if you're not going to be a pro you can be a number three roper your entire life and you can enjoy it your entire life um so I, i'd like to get more people into the sport and that's really what i'm looking for um putting out content wise is just showing more people like look, you can do it you know that's for for the video and the content that's really what i want and showcasing brands and businesses that are sure that are also into that, right? Like that's who I partner with up now, you know, up with now is just people that have that same goal. For me personally, I'd like to be more of a pro in the end of this, right? I'd mm -hmm. like to train horses, you know, sell good horses, really improve that. I mean, the rope horse world is really just booming at the moment. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great horses out there and, and the sport is really kind of coming along from like, you know, hey, ropers are guys that like just picked one out of the pasture and went and roped on it to like, hey, this is an equine athlete, you yeah. know, and 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 so, um, I'd like to to do more of that and just, I mean, if I can be a pro, that's what I'm working towards. Um, whatever that means. I mean, like I said, I'm I don't have any plans on going on down the rodeo road, but, I mean, you don't have to do that now. You yeah. know, I mean, that's used to be, that's what a pro was. A pro was like, hey, I'm gonna go beat the PRCA road down. Mm -hmm. And now it's like no, you could, you can do anything. Yeah, there's so many. There's different so many different. Yeah, there's so many, so many different, different paths. I think that's uh, 
it's important to realize too when you're getting into it and it was something important for my dad that he didn't get whenever i was moving into wanting mm-hmm. to be a horse trainer right was that it wasn't just you know like you don't have to be on you know yellowstone in order to right. be a successful reigning horse trainer right um you know there's successes there's a lot of different avenues of success some yeah. of the greatest ones were just really really good non-pro coaches mm-hmm. that taught some of the you know best rookie riders in yeah. the world and and if you were going to become a rookie yeah you know you you know there was a, a guy named charlie that you know like you sent him to charlie like mm-hmm. if you didn't want to do that you go to ride with charlie you yeah know? and charlie didn't ride your horse right you did it you know but he coached you and right he's, and, you know, right and he was one of the great one of the one of the best co- coaches on our industry um you know and but that was that was his, that was his niche right right and and that can be done now mm-hmm. you know too I mean, like you're not going to go if you want to be one of the top known pros you're not going to go ride with andrea fapani yeah i can have time for you he's you know he's got his own you know deal mm-hmm. to do um but there's a lot of that and then you know then from everything from you know it's different now because like Ma- i think what i see the difference is is like magazines like we used to all have you know a magazine mm-hmm. to read and now it's a lot more of you know your channel could be a, your own sure. magazine you could have sure. your own subscription and you don't even have to you know have anybody else's yeah. content except for you you know you're doing the reviews and you're doing it you could do that it becomes like you know you can become your own little right you know magazine yeah um your own little content yeah content creator right right um and and there's a freedom in that it's sure. really kind of cool and that and i mean i've always been the kind of do it my own way do it myself not have somebody hanging over my head so like that's why like the freedom is really kind of what i'm looking for because i i I like to i like to get up and go at my own pace you know and and that pace is usually pretty quick but um but yeah i mean for me the content is is freedom you know because you generate a little bit of income from it but it also just allows me to do this more right? right so for me it's like anything that allows me to to buy more horses or to go rope more or go to enter more or travel to go to Wickenburg or wherever these ropings are. Like, that's what I want to do. And, and the content is great because it's not only bringing people in, but it's also helping me generate income to do this more and to, and to pursue it. And so, yeah, I think at one point or at some point I'd love to just do it full time and just be, I mean, cause it's one of those things that you know that you want to do it full time when like, when you're doing your other stuff that you have to do for work, you're like, I just want to be roping. You know, and so for me, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, I just want to be roping all the time. I mean, if you if you told me right now, I've got 10 head of horses out here and 100 steers that you can go rope, that's all I would do all day long, you know? And yeah. so. Well, I, I think that's an important thing for a young person to understand about what it takes to move into something mm. that you just find where you're making a living doing what you love. Yeah. Right? Because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make more money. You actually probably make less money. Yeah. Right. But you'll make equal money. Yeah. Because you're putting in the more hours. Right. Right. So it, it requires more hours. Right. Yeah. But if you work your regular job, you're going to go and do that as your recreation time yeah. anyhow. Yeah. So you just figure that in as the more hours that you're working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think for me, that was the big thing about, being a horse trainer mm-hmm. it was not you know moving into it and starting out particularly like there was times where i had 40 plus out of horses in training mm-hmm. you know at per month yeah and it was a crazy rat race right but 
and you know where you're working you know 14 16 hour days <laughs> at the horse shows for you know no days off for weeks on mm-hmm, end mm-hmm. and you're running from one circuit to the next to the next to the next yeah. and you're just on but at that time man it was just i couldn't imagine myself doing something else yeah like if i had a regular job and i was making twice the amount of money i would be spending all of my time as soon as i was off work going and yeah. doing it yeah and um that was important for me to realize that when I started it, I, I realized I couldn't afford the horses that I wanted, but I was given the gift of gab mm. and I could talk other people into buying me. Yeah, yeah, horses yeah, to ride. yeah. And so they were working like fiends to go and pay for a good horse that they would send to me to ride. Sure. So I got to ride better horses. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, uh, and, and that made a big difference because I would, I would, I'd put the extra hours. In. Yeah. yeah and I've always been a, whatever it takes kind of guy. Like, I mean, there's times now that if we're going to go rope somewhere, like I may get off of work, you know, at four or whatever, I mean, whatever my schedule allows me to. Right. And then I'll go travel an hour and a half and go rope and travel an hour and a half back and then get the horse done. And then by midnight, you're like, hey, I'm pretty tired, but that was fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I don't have any problem putting in the. How, um, how beneficial is it that um, your wife is horse crazy too? It's great. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's great that we both love it and we both have very ambitious goals in our own, mm-hmm. in our own right. Because when I say like, Hey honey, I'm going to go to Gonzalez to rope, you know, it's two hours away. She's like, okay, that's cool. I'm coming or yeah, go have fun. You know, I'll see you when you get back sort of thing. Yeah. So it is because we all know the, you know, the flip side where somebody has a, a spouse or a partner or whatever, that is not crazy about it. And then they're like, I can't go because so-and-so said I got to stay home or whatever. And I was like, absolutely not. That is not, that's well, not happening for me. Well, and it, it it's understanding at least, even if at least understanding the desire to be good at your recreation, mm. which is going to take hours, yeah, extra hours yeah. in order to do the practice. Because yeah. the practice is, you know, is going to be the deciding factor sure. on a lot of it. Yeah. And she's always said like, look, if you wanted to go rodeo for a living, like go for it. I mean, go for it. You know, and so, yeah, I've, I feel very blessed that I've got, I've yeah. got a wife that's like, whatever you want to do, yeah. you know, and, 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 and literally, I think, I think legitimately, if I said right now, like, Hey, I'm just going to stop doing all this other stuff that I'm doing. I'm just going to go train horses and shoot content. She'd be like, cool. Like, let's roll. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel very fortunate, fortunate in that. And I feel very fortunate in the fact that like, I've got partners, you know, team roping partners that are like, let's go. Yeah. You know, um, let's go do it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it takes a village to do it. It yeah. really does. And so that's what I'm kind of starting to ramp up even more now. Yeah. Because you know? I've kind of, you're right, I'm kind of taking it from like a hobby, got one horse, to I'm looking at trying to get a couple lined out so that we can just go do it more. I think uh, the one of the best things that, you see out of your content one of the biggest things you see out of your content is your passion for your sport Mm. right i think that has to be you know it's one if i'm just you know sharing you know that i like doing this or i like doing that or whatever else but you know that you're there's a passion to it you know and that and that's important for people to see in this industry because it's um it is it really is important that Mm -hmm. you really have a passion or that desire and a drive and that's gonna that's gonna make a difference on you know on you being successful Mm -hmm. you know um uh it it was it was definitely that 
and I hear that from a lot of guys that have been successful. Mm -hmm. And I think not only just that they success, because success is really, I mean, you have to understand success is your measuring stick. Yeah. You, you have to do it that don't measure yourself on, on other people's measuring stick, but you know, and then you are going to find success. Sure. Right. Because then your success is just beating yourself to get to the next level where you want to be. And then next thing you know, you will be with the level that you want to be. Right. But if you're constantly measuring yourself on somebody else's yardstick, man. Oh, I mean, what is it? The, I mean, was it Teddy Roosevelt? You know, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's true. Don't don't go like I if I compared myself to like Trevor Brazil or Miles Baker, like I would I'd hate myself because I'm not even any close. But if you look at it like, all right, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you can you're right. You can measure yourself against them and how far away or how close am I getting, that sort of thing. But yeah, you, you can't compare yourself to anybody. And, and and I've got friends that like their success is they go out and rope once a month yeah. and they've got a horse that they love, they ride it two times a month or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And like, that's their success. And like, that's cool. Yeah. And that's really cool. Get away. And they have it to get away and get on them and spend and, the time and just have it. a little bit of joy or whatever. Yeah. And like, and that's completely cool that's for, sure. I mean, for and, sure. And there, and there is, it's, it's, everybody's got a place in it. Yeah. Um, cool. And I think, uh, I, I just think that that part shows in, in your stuff, mm. but also the, the, Part I think that probably makes it the most successful is that it's you're showing that that this is in a time when a lot of society doesn't understand or relate to the Western lifestyle mm-hmm. and food production and that yeah. kind of stuff that yeah. it's been re- quite removed from where that 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 it's um that it's welcoming. Yeah. And you're educating people on it. Yeah. And I think that's really cool, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I always welcome the education, you know, like if I say something and somebody's like, well, that's not really what it is, you know, or, 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 or this is why it's different or whatever. I always welcome the education. I think you have, you have to be open-minded sure. for sure. And like, I was even talking to a buddy of mine that ranches and he was asking me like, why, why do you go and and take your horse and go ranch. Like, I'm not a cowboy by any means, right? But, like, why? Like, I've got a buddy that called me and asked me, you know, if I wanted to come help move cattle and get them shipped off. And I said, sure. And my friend who is a rancher, who is a cowboy, was like, why did you do that with your good horse? I'm like, because it makes sense for my horse, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I like doing it, number one. It's fun. But it's good for my horse to do it. So you always have to be educating people and learning from, from them. Yeah. And so I was able to educate him on... I do it because it's good for my horse to have another job and to get out and go work cattle. That's not inside the arena. Yeah, right. Actually a little bit of actual, you know, hands-on uh, like purpose. In right. It, right. right. Yeah. And it's good for me to go, you know, trot him around and work him on this and then go, and then go tie him into the, into the pins yeah. while we're moving everything on foot and let him stand there and give him a job and tire him out a little bit. Hey, and, you know, let me know next time I'll go and tie a bunch yeah. of my, three years for sure so it's cool for me to educate him and then for him to have educate me on other things right and so i think as long as you're trying to learn you're good yeah yeah i i i think in the first part of my um career i was so intent on educating the horse on performing at a certain Mm -hmm. level and the the being so specific about the actual movements of what they were supposed to do and the physiology of mm-hmm. it all and everything else that I lost, I lost a little bit of the purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I became so mechanical in what I was doing yeah. 
that um, I lost uh, I lost sight of the fact that the horse is going to enjoy it too. Yeah. Right. Sure. And and uh, and and if they aren't like the next superstar, right, that you can I can crush them mm. on their idea of what their success is yeah. too. Yeah. Right. And I can kind of and I can rob them yeah. of reaching their potential. Yep. And uh, and I and I and realizing that, you know, my job was to get that horse to reach his potential, not necessarily mm-hmm. just, you know, me reach my potential right. kind of deal. Um, and not and not I mean, for me, it's also about trying to figure out how did how did they do it best? Right. How does a mm-hmm. horse do a certain thing the best? Because a great horse or another horse may do one thing a certain way and the other horse does the other thing. Like my blue horse, if I walk him in to the box to go rope and I walk him and turn him away from the sh- from the chute and then try to back him up he hates it really? so what I, I yeah he hates it like it just for whatever reason it just doesn't click so i have to walk in and turn him to towards the chute and just kind of back him up that way and and like clockwork he'll do it all day long huh. but the other way he won't do it he'll fight me on it and so it's just like all right well let's do it this way it doesn't matter to me this is how it works best for you it works best for you that way yeah and, and so and not trying because i could just get in there and just try to beat it into him you well, know, or I like think, pick a fight. Yeah. And it it's not going to get me anywhere. Well, I think that um and that's what I that's what I lost at the beginning mm. was mm-hmm. like I I was trying to make everybody fit my mold. Mm. Right? Um because I didn't know what I needed to have in order to get to a certain level in what I was doing and so I was almost adamant about like I wouldn't even give an inch mm-hmm. if, you know, I like it's like turning that just like psh, well if you can't turn my way then how can I expect yeah. you to do the yeah. other deal yeah. and and if you can turn this way you've got to balance it out mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. turning it the other way too instead right. of going like well does it really in the big scheme of things doesn't matter not at all you know yeah. Yeah. and 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 I had that I I gave I I would have parts like I had this one mare at one time that um she was like phenomenal unbelievable stop in mare mm-hmm. and she was very very talented and stuff and um, and it'll, it's going to sound crazy. It still sounds crazy coming out of my mouth sometimes that, um, she, she'd stand tight all day long, mm-hmm. right? Ever, and, and if, uh, and, but if you saddled her tied up, she's going to sit back. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, she would. Now, if you had her saddled and you took her over somewhere and tied her up, she'd stand there all day long. Right. But if you saddled her tied. It, Not happening. It was going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh. And she was a good enough mare that I just had somebody hold her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So like you just okay. So like pick your fights on mm-hmm. that. And but I I I went round and round with that mare. Yeah. Like just you know what is your problem? Right. Right. I mean, stand there and to end. It was just like always oh, pick that pick that battle. Right? right. I mean, she's you know so. I learned that early on with mm. her. And then sometimes the, I just, the translation also in the saddle took me a while longer to figure out, sure. you know, some of those things too, that there's a little bit of give and take. And, and I guess for the reigning, it was a little less of a teamwork kind of deal. I mean, it was mm-hmm. definitely te- teamwork, but um, at the beginning, I didn't see it as much as teamwork, right. you know, as it would have been as evident as, you know, doing team roping where you have another rider and another horse and yep. another and cattle and, all the other variables you would really have to understand teamwork. Yeah. And I raised when I was grew up, I didn't do a lot of team sports. Mm. Um, I did I did a lot more individual sports. I played tennis and yeah. some other you know sports and stuff that was a lot had a lot more to do with individuality than necessarily team. So I yeah. wasn't a really good team player. Well, and I always um, you know one of the one advice I got when I got into team roping or just into horses in general is 
somebody told me, and I don't remember who it was for the life of me. I'm sorry, but they were like, get on anything. Like as long as it's not going to kill you, get yeah. on any horse that somebody lets you on. Yeah. Because you can, you you always are able to figure something out about a horse, and it's really been beneficial because there have been times I pulled up to the roping and the horses, you know, lame or stocked up or something happened or whatever, and you can't rope on them. And you know, it's somewhat common in team roping that they'll just be like, well, jump on that horse. And then you have to figure that horse out in a very short amount of time, yeah. right? And so if you were trying to confine them to the way that you do things, it's not going to work, especially if you're trying to jump on horses and horses. Yeah. So for me, it's like, just get on, figure out how they work, and then just go from there, right? Yeah. Like every horse is different. They're going to operate differently. So like, what are the buttons you need to push to get the job done? But it's okay. And and so that's why I almost always will tell people like, whatever horse you want me to get on, Let's do it. As long as this thing's not going to just bronco up and kill me, there's, you know, there's exceptions to it. But other than that, I'll get on anything and try it. I think one of the best advices that I could ever give to anybody doing, getting, (laughs) getting into roping is um, lope, 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 lope. Like you need to spend a lot of time loping. You know, your practice, when you go out there, like there's nothing wrong. You don't, you don't necessarily have to just rope. When you mm-hmm. go out there, you need to go lope your horse yeah. and lope so much that your butt gets sore. Yeah. And to the point where you're going to sit still, sit there, relax, relax. and find the comfort in that yeah. lope. Yeah. And lope, being able to ride that lope is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because when you're roping, you're only doing a couple of seconds. Right. At a lope. Yeah. So if you think you're going to learn how to ride a lope mm-hmm. while you're roping, you're not going to do it. You're never going to get comfortable. And team ropers can rope can lope to the right it is like you should you should do that i know you need to go left and you're supposed to be in the left lead but you should also know am i in the right lead or am i in the left lead like you should know these things right so i I do that a lot with my horses like we're going to go to the right we're going to lope a lot to the right because it's also a a balance thing for them if you're only loping in the left they're going to be stronger on one side than the other so you got to do both Mm -hmm. like i understand when you're running steers and you're tracking steers like go left but just horsemanship, go to the right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, and it's a, it, it's funny. Horses are very, you know, you learn one direction and the other, do you have to teach the other mm. direction? You got to teach both sides of it and yeah. for a horse to be well-balanced and the same with the rider, you know, you're going to learn to, if you're only riding to the left, mm-hmm. you're going to kick your body the wrong way. You're going to yeah. hold yourself really tight. Yeah. You're going to hang on with your inside leg. Yeah. You're going to, you know, s- stick your right leg way out there and, and then and 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 every time you ride, if you feel like your your right stirrup's really long, mm. it's not. Yeah, <laughs> you're not yeah. sitting in the middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're you're reaching for one. Yep. And 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 just like all that stuff that you're not going to learn that mm-hmm. by loping three circles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's you know. that's some of the things that help me. Like if I go work cows with somebody else, it's like mm. you're going to have to trot for two miles to go to get wherever you're going. So you better learn how to trot really really well. Yeah you're not going to want to sit it the whole time. No, so you, an hour's you better, in the saddle. Yeah, you yeah. better learn. And so that's the other thing too. I think you're right. Is like, you got to spend a lot of time doing it. There's too many people that will get on, they'll lope a little bit and they'll get off or they'll track a steer and then they'll get off. It's like, no, spend time. Yeah. Just Real, spend time in it. Realize it's not going to be an overnight success. No, it's a, it's a long-term, no, it's a long-term play, yeah. you know, if you really want to get good at it. And so that's why I hope I'm 85 years old, 90 years old, still still out there kicking because there are some of those guys and they're pretty yeah. pretty handy. Yeah, they're pretty salty old guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll take your money if you let them. Yeah. 
Well, cool. Well, good, man. I'm glad yeah. you came out and, yeah. and did that. I'm uh, fun. I'm excited to see what more you're gonna, you know, put out there as far as like I no- noticed you got the the ranch. Oh yeah. On and um and having promoting that, I love it. Promoting yep. that lifestyle. Yep. I think yep. it's so important. Put your kids in FFA. Yep. I mean, like that is the future of our world for sure yeah as kids you know being interested in agriculture if you want to have empathy for livestock and animals and stuff you don't have it unless you work with them for sure you know you you, you're not doing and you're not benefiting anybody in society whatsoever by espousing what it is that you know a kid should what you should or shouldn't be doing if you can't do it yourself yeah you know um and you you know the cattle are frustrating for sure (laughs) they'll drive you crazy yeah you know, and um, and there's no better way for you to teach your kids patience, and mm-hmm. and learn how to deal with frustration than yep. working cattle. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, family learn how to not yell at each other. For sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's all kinds of things you're gonna learn oh, from yeah. from you know working cattle yep. and, and being yep. around that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's so many good lessons to learn from that. And ranching is is it, there's a reason why we, call, we say it's a lifestyle because mm-hmm. it really. Bad weather, you can't stay inside. Nope. You know, bad weather, you still got to feed, you know. And if you want to meet some of the nicest people, most genuine, grounded. Most humble people grounded on the planet that will help you out with anything, go to a farmer or rancher. Like, yeah. And there's some assholes in that, too. There are. There, there are. There's yeah. Those. But there's, they're, they're everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. They, they truly are. And so, um, yeah, that's that's one thing, too, is like if you're trying to get into it, just know that it's not as intimidating when you actually get yeah. in it. You know, And it's you, very welcoming. For sure. I mean, really, if you're in the right group, you know, nobody's, everybody started somewhere yeah. with it. And yeah. we've all, and, and it's not that we don't want people in it. For sure. I mean, look, we need people in it. For sure. It's the only way that we're going. I think your stuff is really cool because there's no, we, you know, when Dale Brisby was on, mm-hmm. that was really a, a cool thing that he, we were talking about is that, um, what was it? He, he mentioned the Chris Ledoux song that, uh, mm. uh, uh, not knowing the rancher from the road yep. or something like yep. that. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's true. Like this is our opportunity that, you know, nobody sees that, that stuff that we do off, off mm-hmm. the road, mm-hmm. you know, and out on the, on the farm or the ranch yep. and, and the hours and the work that we put into it. We're actually like the, I think that's the coolest thing about being able all this content creation from, you know, the guy that's like, nobody sees and mm-hmm. he's out there working and stuff. And the guy that's practicing on his horse, doing all this kind yep. of stuff. It's not something that, that anybody really sees, you know, outside of, you know, I went to the San Antonio Stock Show Rodeo and watched right. somebody rope and like, is that what you do? And you're like, yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah. You yep. know, I'm not that, but, right. but there is so much to it that they just don't realize all the work, all the yeah. the stuff that goes into it, how much of a, you know, how much of a lifestyle it is. Yeah. And we get to share it. Yeah. Right. And I love that part that yeah. you're doing is that you're, you're sharing that stuff and your love and your, your desire to do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, man, there's no other way for us to influence, you know, the young kids and people will come out that, you know, it's doable. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the lifestyle is not that it wasn't ever cool, but it's becoming more mainstream cool now. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think shows like Yellowstone and stuff like that and people being on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. Dale Brisby plays a big part in it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you walk, go into a city and wear your cowboy hat, like you would every other day and you'll, you'll get somebody that'll come up and say something to you. Uh-huh. you know, or, or, or talk to you about it. Or like my wife and I were in Georgia, we we're in Atlanta, Georgia for a wedding. And I wore I had a velvet tux. Okay. I was in my velvet tux and, and my black, uh, resist all 
the amount of people that came up were like, I love your hat. And just started like a random conversation about like, what do you do or how do you do it or whatever. It's funny, isn't it? It was Weird, funny, but, funny it, but then it was great. Yeah. And then you were able to explain it, you know, and I, I think, you know, going back to like the Chris Ledoux song, it's like that rancher's coming closer to the road now. Yeah. Right. Just because of social media and because of these things that are going on is like people are wanting to understand like, where does my meat come well, from? And it, you, Have you, you ever, you ever seen there, there was a Facebook post one time. And uh, some there was like some lady that was like, why why would you go, why would you, I don't remember what she said, but she was like, I don't understand why you'd go kill a cow when you can just go to the supermarket and get a steak. And you're like, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> you get a grasp of reality. Me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there there are some great things that are kind of coming from from all this. Mm -hmm. I I you know when I um when I. I I didn't when I was younger, and I used to do a lot of clinics. I still do some, but I uh, I used to do a, quite a few of them mm -hmm. um, in the beginning. And I would in the first first several of them I did I did in, I did local ones, but then um, I started doing some over in in Denmark and Sweden, and uh, and so I was just a skinny kid from Marion that mm -hmm. you know was going you know I flew into Heathrow Airport the very first time. And I flew in there and I'm like, just like I'm lost. Yeah. I was such a deer in headlights, you know, and I had, you know, butt down blue jean jacket on and my, you know, silver belly hat mm -hmm. on. And everywhere I went, every place, every airport, every place that I went, I never met a stranger. Yeah. Like everybody, it was the most disarming thing. Mm -hmm. And this was during, like, this was a while back. This is, you know, when, when uh, Bush was in office and we had the beginning of the Afghan mm -hmm. conflict mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and there was a lot of tension, you know, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily that, you know, they were open arms yeah. to yeah. Americans at a lot of different places. Um, but nobody felt intimidated by me right and it was um it was the most disarming thing and, yeah. and it was a, a welcoming thing mm -hmm. like and it was just crazy but the little kids that are like just drawn to like whoa you know mm. pointing at you mm -hmm. wanting, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of responsibility in that yeah right there's there's a lot of responsibility in what the the lifestyle that you're accepting and mm -hmm. that you're wanting to be a part of right and being a great representative of it um it's it's important for us as pe people that are lucky enough to do this right and have spent some time to get to where we're at and doing some of this stuff that we have an obligation to you know to be inviting to others yeah. and and to to be a steward whether yeah. you like it or not you're a steward yeah. of it yeah right and even if you're not a content creator and you're not doing all this other stuff yeah. you have an obligation there is a there is a level of responsibility that you have in how you're representing yourself in our lifestyle yeah you know, and uh, and I always say that it's more of a like for me, it's less of an obligation and more of a privilege. Right? Yeah. It's more of a privilege to be like, like if you want to go meet some people in an airport, just <laughs> run in there with your spurs on. You can get through TSA, just wear your spurs on, and you will meet so many people. It's crazy, yeah. but it's but it but it's a it's a privilege and it's a it's an opportunity to be like, what do you want to know? Yeah. Well, if you get on a horse, it isn't going to kill you. No, not mine. No. Well, why is that? And then you get to kind of get into this conversation mm -hmm. about it. And so it's, it's, yeah, we need more stewards of it mm -hmm. and more people that will explain like, look, if you like your steak, that's great. But let me tell you about some people that I know that raise them. 
Yeah. And they're not mean to him and they love him and they spend every waking minute trying to help him. Oh, there's, there's a young girl that, uh, that, that I've helped out with uh, the horses and stuff up in North Dakota. Mm. And she's got a, a cattle ranch up there that they run. And, and man, if like when they had the last winter, that was just, man, she had, had a pretty tough past yeah. couple tough. And she's calving in that like, Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. The, the crap she, and like how many hours she's out there nursing those babies. Yeah. And, breaking ice you've got no idea man there's you can't be doing that and not have a love for it yeah you that is not a life so you would you know that is a hard and most of them are just breaking even every year they're breaking even they are not getting rich no right no you're not getting rich doing that but but man it's like it's such a privilege yeah. to be able to do it um and that's and that's what i feel about that. that's cool and that's what i feel like in this you know like i'm only in this little like team roping niche of mm-hmm. this whole western industry lifestyle whatever you want to call it but like i always feel like i get i have the privilege to bring somebody into it or talk to somebody about it or 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 share just mm-hmm. share my certain perspective on this industry that i'm now in yeah. which i love so yeah it's um but it's fun yeah that's how but what about for you what's what's like your next thing like what are you working on because i feel like you're always kind of like me you're always working on something always trying to i guess i am yeah um (laughs) i don't know i don't know what's next um i don't i really don't know what's next i'm kind of at a point right now um i don't know i i i I don't know if i want to even pursue monetizing this whole thing Um, yeah and there's great and there's great I mean, that's There's a, great a lot thing. of freedom and not. Yeah. And not. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I want to keep doing it because, um, and having the content that, that I feel is important. Um, yeah. and, and being able to share that without being regulated by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been kind of a little, sure, a little independent on that kind of deal. I'm a little hard headed. Yeah. And I think the older I'm getting, the more hard headed I'm getting. Sure. But, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, right now, I think me doing this and doing some of this stuff is, I just, I love giving back. I, yeah. I, I, I want to, and I, there's some stuff that I'd like to give back more on the horse. You know, there's the horse has given me a lot of opportunities to be able to do mm-hmm. some really cool things in life. And I'd like to give back to that a little yeah. bit more. How, I don't know. Um, and it may be on an individual basis, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, um, I don't know. I think that's probably I I'm at a I'm at a time in my life where um my kids are are um pretty consuming. Yeah. And uh and they're in some times in, they're in a time in their life where I I I'm my my biggest bang for my buck is um being in their back pockets and mm-hmm. and and helping them out yeah. and and using what I've what I've learned in in pouring into their lives right now. Sure. And uh and 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 in any other you know like youth kids that I have that are showing with me and stuff and non pros that are showing with me and stuff, I, I it's it's a I have a feeling of being a lot more selfless. I right now I, and that's my struggle because I have for the past bit I've been playing around with with a little bit of the rope in and kind of playing around with getting in, involved in that kind of stuff and I do want to, but I also know that I don't want to do it half assed. Yeah. And I just uh and I know what I want to do and I mm. and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I ever will kind of be, you know, where I would go and be kind of competitive. I might be one of them old old timers before I can actually do it. Yeah. But um but I can get consumed by some stuff. And so I I think tempting myself with it a little bit 
too much is probably a playing with fire. Yeah. 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 My my, my wife's going to skin me if I (laughs) go too far. You get one more hobby or one more thing you're into. I do because I got so many hobbies. Um, Yeah, I I do. Yeah. You know, because I got this. And and then I also have, you know, jujitsu, which, you know, is a little consumed. Yeah. That's why I'm not in jujitsu because you and I've talked about it and I've been like, oh, that'd be really cool. But I'm like, I can't, cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've uh, I've only got so much brain power. I've only, there's only so much time in the day. mm -hmm. Like as much as I stress that out already, if I tried to do jujitsu, it would be a mess. I am. I, yeah, it, it, it's gotten me in trouble a few times already. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so just yeah, I got I I gotta watch it. I gotta yeah. watch putting too many irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. I I think right now pouring out with it, on doing some of this stuff, sharing on on that, and mm-hmm. kind of getting to like, like with your what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I see where you're at in your career and what you're doing, and I see the I, I that's why I I wanted big one of the biggest reasons I want to have you on mm-hmm. is because where you're at in your life, I saw where I was at at mm-hmm. that time. And so just being able to encourage like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like make sure you're staying on the right track yeah. and yeah. making sure that it's, it's uh, you know, giving a little bit of insight as to, you know, where's it important? Keep sure. going like it. Don't, you know, keep doing it because yeah. there's, you know, it's the one that doesn't quit right? yeah. that gets to achieve what they want. For sure. And uh, and sometimes I, can, I didn't have that. And to have somebody that was like, you know, keep doing it, keep yeah. doing it, keep doing it. It was just I was really hard headed. Yeah, because there's been plenty of times where I was like, man, does the does the is the YouTube channel even worth it? Like could, I mean, I could definitely just be the guy that didn't have a social media at all and just went and roped. Like I could definitely do it. But then you get so many people that, you know, appreciate what you're doing or say like, Hey man, I got into this thing mm-hmm. because of you. And then you're like, man, I could never stop. That's it. I could never stop. That's it. I, I have, um, I, I just, the other day I got somebody just texted me, just sent me a text mm-hmm. out of the blue that, Hey, I'm I'm in Arizona, and um, whoever you are, uh, <laughs> you found my number. Random sent number. Me, yeah, sent me a text and said, "Hey, I'm in I'm in Arizona, and I'm enjoying I'm really enjoying your your podcast." And I'm like, "Dang, man!" Like yeah. just when I was at a point where I was like, "Man, I go do it. Oh, I really need to go do it." <laughs> and then it, then it's like that, and it's like, "Ah, oh, like yes, you know, yeah. like I do. I need to. I yeah. need to keep putting it out there, yeah. and and for no other reason besides you know." That, that was done for me right mm. i mean that was that i had that drive i had that every once in a while i had these crazy little stories of you know hey that guy you know said something at the right time and this you know you know impacted me mm-hmm. to push me to go and further and like man if i can be the voice of you know like hey you know voice of encouragement and go like don't stop keep yeah. doing it man yeah you know then shoot yeah why it's not? worth it yeah it's sure. definitely worth it and that's why you know, I, I think it originally started out that it was to encourage my kids mm. and that way it was always here, right? It's always out in and in front of my kids anytime that they want to, or, you know, I don't know if I'll be here or not. Right? right. But you know, who knows when they're 40 years old and they're going like, I don't know, is this really worth it? They yeah. can, it'll be here. Yeah. Right? And they can listen to me and listen to my, you know, couple things that inspire them. And, and then there's a lot of kids out there that don't have it. True. So why not? True. You know, may not have an encouraging dad that's sitting there yeah. going, you're like, yeah, you know, yeah. what? Keep doing it. Yeah. You, know, you know, you don't have to be LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You just got to be you. Go have at it and you find the joy and the fun in doing it. And I think that's why people have, you know, somewhat resonated with me because a lot of people don't grow up in a family with horses, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. I grew up in a suburban neighborhood. My Both my parents worked. I think my dad had horses when he was younger, but we never had them growing up. And so there's a lot of people that, 
like, well, I live in the city. How do I even get into horses? Well, there's so many opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so if you, yeah, if you can just, I don't know, I, I get so many messages that I'm grateful for. They're like, what type of rope should I use? Or, or how do I get into this thing? Or I saw your channel and got me into it. Like, that's all that I need to keep yeah. going. Money doesn't even play a factor in it. Yeah. No. And it, and it, it'll take care of itself for sure. And as awkward as I am sometimes in front of the camera, like as long <laughs> as somebody out there is enjoying it, it's fine. Yeah. Cause editing, editing myself is the worst thing on the planet. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Ooh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah, man. Of course. Been You'll fun. Have to give me some updates later yeah, on. I will. Back. No doubt. All right. Cool. <laughs> thanks. thanks, man.